welcome to the Rex Crim Show, Gee, my old friend. I don't know what you've been taught. I don't get how much these days. I want to hit off the the top. Uh, why don't we reminisce for a second about Robot Kings? Oh yeah, that was a nice time. Yeah, I, uh, was... I b- before we started uh, recording this, I was listening to the uh, the old songs, kind of a, a trip down memory lane. Uh, it's too. been it's been five years. Yeah, I'm trying to think, uh, rack my brain of when you and I saw each other last. Uh, it would have been in the Netherlands, and it would have been just wrapping up the recording of that project. I think, right? I think so. Yeah, um, maybe uh, 2016. Yeah, like I, I, I left uh, the Netherlands in December of 2015, so it would have been even ah, okay. er, earlier than just you know earlier than that. So for folks tuning in and listening, um, I should give a bit of an introduction. This is following up to an earlier episode that folks might have heard uh, with our friend Stephen or Comma Joe Joe Comma, I should say, uh, which you can find this this work. I think he titled it. Uh, reign of the robot kings uh, on Bandcamp. so i'll link details for folks that want to hear it uh, in the show notes um and i have played you in gee so f- folks that are uh, that have listened thus far could hear you singing in the uh in the introduction of this episode which i'll have to do up in post right on. but uh, tell us uh, about that song specifically uh if you remember by it's dan manga isn't it uh, yeah, it's it's a Dan Mangan cover, and um, yeah, I was just uh, uh, I really like that song for some reason. It really clicked. Um, yeah, I think it's now five uh, or even six years later. Uh, it's it might be even more relevant uh, with the uh, the the advent of uh, artificial intelligence and and robotics that is getting scarily advanced so yeah yeah, well i i I thought also about some of the themes and lyrics of songs uh, but just lingering on robot king for a second that cover um i remember was a he's a canadian in fact and i think you if i recall you were maybe disappointed or surprised to know that i'd never heard of this artist before and somewhat pig-headishly, maybe, I refused to listen to the original <laughs> during during our time, <laughs> you know, and uh, I laugh listening to it now because, you know, we did do justice, I think. Uh, certainly, you did a fantastic job bringing, with the resources we had, the audio quality, uh, you know, considering we were just students, or at least Stephen and I were students, and you had a little bit of experience but it was just an independent project. And um, I just think of the rich bass that I hear, um, which, you know, you achieved basically on your own, on your own uh, accord. You know, you, you sort of, we, we recorded together, but you went away and, and uh, pieced it together. And so looking back, um, yeah, justice was certainly done with the audio quality. Although I'm, uh, you know, cringing every time I hear a missed bass note or, uh, you know, thinking I could have been a little bit more prepared if I had just listened to the original. Uh, well, the- maybe we should do a re-recording one sometime. That would be fun. I wonder these days if we could do it uh, 
remotely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, why not? We could try that. Um, yeah, I think uh, um, uh, if you um, just play new baseline, I, I could uh, try to dig up the old files and, uh, and replace it. You could do some, uh, it could uh, turn into some Dutch house music or something after, <laughs> af- after your, after your uh, work with it. Although I don't know if you're so much into the, uh, into that type of music, are you? Um, there's, uh, some artists I, I like some, uh, a bit less. Let's, let's, let's keep it at that. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Are you playing music these days? Um, I'm playing a bit uh, on my guitar, but, um, that's just been recently, uh, the, the last year was, uh, um, the, the, the building of, of, uh, our house, um, just ate up all my time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I didn't really get to it, but, uh, yeah, kind of, uh, reconnecting with you, uh, kind of started that, that whole thing up again. Just, yeah. uh, yeah. Getting, getting I back f- into music. It's really nice. I feel, I, I feel like I've been missing it. It's been, um, it's been nice reminiscing back, uh, you know, thinking of Robot Kings and other, um, other music projects that I've been part of. I, I miss that in my life now. And, um, yeah, so I'll be interested in asking more about your house building, um, but I think we w- want to give a little bit more context about the project. So we we took Robot King, a song by Dan, what's his last name, Dan? Mangan. Mangan, who's a Canadian in British Columbia, I believe. And then we liked it so much that we covered the song and then titled our our little band project after the, uh, after the name of that song. And then, um, you know, I was listening to Mr. Wright, uh, Lucy, of course. I was that, remembering. That's a wild ride. It was. It was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a trip. You know, yeah, psychedelics, yeah. psychedelics seem to be making a, uh, a comeback in a way. Um, yeah. I mean, needless to say, Lucy was sort of an, a subtle or not so subtle uh, <laughs> song about LSD, it seemed, or what uh, what we imagined it to be. I'd, I've never tried LSD myself, but um, yeah, we sort of, I, I think also, you know, at the time I was studying criminology and there's some themes there, you know, I think, uh, you know, Lucy was about sort of drug smuggling in a way or something. Yeah, and I think, I think uh, didn't uh, the Beatles uh, do uh, kind of a similar uh, not wink wink to uh, LSD use. Yeah, there was uh, some ins- definitely. What's what's the song? Well, the whole album. Um, what the hell? Like Sergeant Sergeant Pepper's, uh, uh, right? The whole album. Yeah. yeah. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds is what. You're oh yeah, of course. Of, maybe. Yeah. 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 We were. I, I'm a huge fan of the Beatles, um, and it's just funny looking back in hindsight at the you know, just the creation, this project, um, just to finish that thought, I was, you know, my, my, uh, interest in criminology, I think shone through in a few, um, you know, themes, you know, I'm thinking of Mr. Right. Yeah. Um, surely had it wrong, <laughs> you know, hopping on a freight train to get out of state, get this weight off of me. I mean, I, I I'm sure it has, uh, had to do something with, you know, moral ambiguity or wrongdoing or something. It, well, wasn't he uh, um, uh, uh, fleeing from the law, Mr. Wright? Yeah, he was on the lamb. 
on the lamb. Do you know that expression? In- I, I I don't actually. Oh really? Okay. I, we should give so people that haven't clued in where where who, you know who is um, what are you willing to share about who is Guy and uh, where are you right now? I'm um, <clears throat> um, born and uh, raised uh, in in the Netherlands. Um, um, kind of um, lived in in many places in in this uh, small country. Um, and uh, that's uh, where uh, we met, actually, in the, the beautiful city of Utrecht. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, after uh, we, we met and uh, did the, the, the Robot King uh, project, um, uh, Chloe, uh, my girlfriend and me, um, mm-hmm. traveled around the, the, the globe, kind of, for uh, yeah. nine months. And uh, yeah. That's uh, that's where where I'm from, like a, a tiny little uh, stamp of a country in the, in the northern Europe, but with a gigantic worldview. Um, all all of the Dutch uh, folks that I have encountered thus far have sort of well, there's a history of colonization, I think. But, Quite uh, yes, yes. Um, but all, we're we're, but, we're kind of getting to grips uh, with that uh, only. Recently, I think the 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 Black Lives Matter uh, protest uh, movement uh, kind of um, also um, uh, uh, resonated in uh, in in the Netherlands, uh, and there there, there was a, a kind of a discussion uh, going on already uh, about uh, the Swarte Piet uh, yeah. persona in in one of our um, uh, children's. Uh, um, holidays, I guess is what you call it. Yeah. Well, Christmas, uh, essentially, Schwarte Piet is uh, a helper of Sinterklaas. Am I, or am I mistaken? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's kind of weird because um, uh, Christmas is also also celebrated in in the Netherlands, and then uh, the fifth of December is uh, uh, the birthday of Sinterklaas, and then he comes and um, gives. Um, presents as well so there's uh two rounds of presents in december for for the duchies yeah it was funny because um as the folklore goes i believe Sinterklaas arrives with schwarzepiet from spain is that right uh yeah 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 he he takes the boat and then there's um in november there's, there's a big um parade where where the 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 boat of Sinterklaas comes into the country um, but I think uh, uh, um, the the real uh, Sinterklaas, because it it is kind of a historical figure, um, uh, comes from Turkey, I believe. Right. I I remember the detail of Spain because I had come to the Netherlands, uh, having lived previously in Spain, and uh, so that was a detail that I remembered. But I there was a rich sort of debate. And a curious um, philosophical understanding of Schwarzschild, uh, at least from you know from from an international perspective, with some of my fellow uh, students, and we. Yeah, I, I would this. love to uh, to hear your your take on it, actually. Well, I I, uh, I I like how you've tied it into the Black Lives Matter, and we could you know we could d- discuss this all day. Um, I mean, it was just so curious. On the one hand, you know, this is tradition. 
And whenever you broach the subject of racism with uh, with Dutch folks, you know they were they were a bit defensive, just saying there's nothing wrong with this. This is a childhood memory that we've maintained, and it's a tradition. But on the other hand, as an outsider, um, you know it's just so evidently. Uh, I mean, not not to not to paint it well. I'm not even sure how to describe it, but I mean, there's basically I think, kids. I think and, you could just could say it's 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 really racist. It seems to be. Yeah. It seems as an onlooker, you know, you've got kids putting on blackface, going in the streets, and it was a funny um, point of contention. But obviously, that was in 2014, 2015, and now we're talking about Black Lives Matter in 2021, and uh, you know, it, now it's just so evident. Yeah, absolutely, and and the the the, the public opinion is shifting. Um, yeah. There's um, uh, fewer and fewer cities who uh, they they kind of um, organize festivities around Sinterklaas, right. and um, the 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 figure of Zwarte uh, uh, Piet uh, has um, has kind of changed. Evolved. Yeah, yeah. The, How so? Well. Um, they're, they're, uh, they, they wear all different kinds of colors now. And, uh, and also the narrative is, is more, uh, um, that, um, he has soot on his face because he came through the chimney. Right. So it's, it's not uh, the, um, the, the dark skinned, um, a helper, but, but, uh, just, uh, any, person from from holland um just coming through or or spain uh just coming through a uh, a chimney and and yeah. and having like dirt on, on his or her face yeah yeah i i remember that being part of the discussion as well that was the sort of but you know to play devil's advocate that seems like a subverted you know perspective that that just sort absolutely of, yeah 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 well it's it's um it's difficult it's uh, um um really um um still a touchy subject for for a lot of uh, people cuz they yeah. they grew up with this ha- having uh that that maybe sounds real but they they have fond memories of of Santa Claus sure. so there's there's childhood memories wrapped up in something that that is now seen as uh, like uh, just racist and and i think people feel that that if they are involved with that they are being called a racist also mm-hmm. and um th- there's uh there there's quite quite some pain there i think yeah i mean th- this is a, a wider issue it seems like of identity politics and people are you know we're living in a world that it seems like people are just taking offense there's you know we, we see sort of seem to be I love this term outrage porn people are just you know so enthralled with um, with you know with being offended and then wanting to cancel one another etc um, and so that sort of confuses the issue at hand uh, whether it's regarding racism or sexism or whatever ism um, yeah it's a curious time to be alive and and I also acknowledge the sort of uh, you know here's a couple of white guys talking about this issue <laughs> on a Saturday I mean it's 
But I, I also think it's important to have these meaningful discussions. And that's what is, you know, that's what the Rex Crim show was born out of is contending with perspectives that you don't necessarily agree with. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, the, the 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 sexism thing uh, was was pointed out to me by by uh, by Chloe um, that the, the the amount of of movies and and also just stories uh, in books uh, revolve around um, uh, male characters, and there's right. so 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 little uh, females in, especially in in uh, like the the more. Um, fantasy type stories like the 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 lord of the rings and stuff like that, that that's right. just all uh men in in a, in a book yeah yeah and then yeah it's cute but then yeah i'm thinking i'm trying to think of the counter argument to that and i i don't have a good one uh i mean i acknowledge i i have i seem to start every meeting officially now acknowledging my Profound privilege, being white, male, heterosexual, uh, you know, uh, cisgender. Uh, that's how I. That's how I, you know, seem to um, start each meeting, and I, I'm I'm poking fun a little bit because, for me, um, I recognize these things. They're they're things that are they're qualities or attributes that do provide me a great deal of of. Um, like it just is convenient, you know, all these things, but they're also things that are beyond my control. And I'm always interested. I find a main theme of talking with folks like in the Rex Crim show, there's a lot of incels that I've spoken to and, you know, th it has to do with whether you see life happening to you or whether you make life happen. And it's just this constant balance between an ex an internal and an external worldview or locus of behavioral control. Maybe I'm getting, I think I'm getting off topic now, but I wonder if that makes sense to you at all. Um, I, I think it, it kind of makes sense. Um, it's, um, for me, it's, it's, um, um, trying to, to get as, as many perspectives as as possible uh and and that um that kind that enriches your your thinking mm -hmm. um and um, um i i feel like in the creation of 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 uh, art or entertainment um uh um some perspectives are or or at least were um being left out and i think it's yeah. it's really good that uh the people who were left out um, are more vocal these days. I, I really uh, applaud that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want to come across crass. I mean, I, without a doubt, uh, you know, any perspective, I mean, at the end of the day, it's about inclusivity. Um, but in some way I, I find it, it seems as though things become exclusive um, yeah, I'll try to think of some more concrete examples. Um, I, th I think, I, think I, know, I know where you're, where you're getting at. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I think, um, uh, um, men... here's an ex Oh, okay. Let, let, I'm thinking of a concrete example. example of my time in the Netherlands, for example, you know, speaking of racism, tying it back in, you know, I, I, I found the Dutch, um, to be like just extremely hospitable, welcoming, and 
just this underlying theme of tolerance was a message that I took from my time in the Netherlands. They, you know, you're a small country, you're, you're an industrious uh, culture, having built a, a you know, a, a whole country that exists below the waterline. Um, but in terms of racism, there was, for me, not an explicit racism that, like we see in, say, the U.S., but an implicit um, desire to maintain that sort of culture or that small society. Um, so, you know, having being an expat, I would maybe try to assimilate. I would, you know, I would pick up a few phrases. I, you know, I would say at at the bar, you know, expecting Klein Beta Netherlands, you know, trying to, you know, clumsily trying to to fit in, and um, you know, it became apparent to me that it, it's a it's very it's not it's very difficult to qualify as being truly Dutch. Like if if you don't speak the language extremely fluently, you know, you're you're definitely not Dutch. You know. Um, and and you know or or dating for example you know uh, oh maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong though I you know this this is a biased perspective and so I'm interested in your take also um, you, what is your view and you know fo- follow follow this line of thought for me you know do you see this idea of wanting to preserve the, the culture or or rather embrace I mean I don't think it makes sense for your small country to embrace everybody in the world. And I remember there was a real discussion in my studies in criminology about Moroccans, for example, and, you know, the under and over class. Um, am I out in left field again, or maybe I, this I don't is think tangential so. thinking on my part? No, I don't think so. There's, um, um, I, th- I think especially in the, uh, the, the more metropolitan area. So that where, there's kind of a ring of cities uh, um, made up of Amsterdam and Rotterdam, uh, Utrecht and, and The Hague. Um, and uh, I think people there are um, be, maybe also because it's so uh, high, uh, densely populated, uh, more um, open to um, all, all people from 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 anywhere because I, I feel like especially Amsterdam is a more um, how do you say that a kind of a, a, a more globalized um, um, piece of, of uh, the Netherlands right um, but if you go um, more to the countryside people have strong roots there um, mm-hmm. families that have lived there for generations. Um, and, and they might be, um, less welcoming to, uh, to, um, um, expats for, for example, they're especially, I think maybe now that's, that's kind of, uh, exasperated by, um, a lot of, um, foreign investors, um, buying up, um, property in, in the Netherlands, because it it has such a high um, uh, rating mm-hmm. um, with the credit agencies, so um, uh, property in the Netherlands is is um, the the prices are exploding uh, almost everywhere, which which uh, um, gets people grumbling a bit about yeah. Um, yeah all all these foreigners coming into the country. Yeah, 
Well, but this is not unique to the Netherlands, it seems. You know, everywhere I look, you know, this is a conversation happening in the U.S. and in Canada as well, where I'm speaking to you from. Um, you know, this sort of ties in, you know, back to my point earlier of, uh, you know, inclusivity versus exclusive societies. Um, you know, there seems to be certainly since the pandemic, this real push towards nationalism. And, yeah. um, you know, if you're not from here, then get the hell out sort of thing, which is, uh, you know, it's a curious time, uh, you know, to, to see. And I also look back to history and wonder to what degree history is sort of repeating itself. It feels like things are amping up in a, in a sometimes scary way, but, um, I wanted to ask you this, you know, do you see another phrase? I mean, so English is your second language or how many languages are you speaking? Um, uh, um, three, I think, um, uh, so, so, uh, Dutch, uh, English and, and German. Um, I, I speak a little bit of French, but, uh, yeah, I wouldn't qualify that as speaking the language. Well, I, on the contrary, I mean, you know, here I speak one language very well, and this is sort of an, an American centric sort of view. I, I never realized until traveling abroad, how, again, privileged I am to sort of grow up speaking the, uh, the the, the language you know the one language that seems to be favored I, I didn't realize that until i taught english abroad and and traveled a little bit um and yet when i talk to folks in europe it's very common to speak multiple languages and um ha- what that does to impact your worldview and understanding of culture and uh and capacity for yeah, relating with other societies, it, it's it's a really interesting thing. Yeah, I've I've been um, um, kind of um, working with that the the for the last couple of months. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I have put quite some time uh, in in studying English. Uh, j- just uh, all my uh, the the books I read, or articles, or uh, movies, or music. Uh, was all English, English uh, um, in the English language um, to, to the point where I'm, I'm, I was kind of losing words in in Dutch. So I've I've been kind of um, um, reinvesting in in my own language again. Right. I I remember you know when I was trying to learn a bit of Spanish while in Spain. You know they. It was explained to me when you start thinking in that language is when you, you know, are really adopting it, and and that yeah. was happening. Uh, but use it or lose it. Oh, for sure, yeah. So back to the earlier point about being on the lamb, uh, an expression in English that sort of I don't know where that comes from. We'll have to look it up. But being on the lamb means running from the law. All right. It's a strange. Uh, it's a it's a poetic way to say it. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. But then another phrase that maybe you have or haven't heard of, uh, and tying into this, I didn't expect us to go so philosophical so quickly, but, um, you know, I think of prior generations that would have said the world is going to hell in a handbasket. Oh, yeah. That's a phrase you might have heard before. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think, um, do, do you know the, um, the, the podcaster um, Dan Carlin? I've heard that name, and I want no relation to George Carlin, the comedian. I, I don't think so. No, 
he has um, he has a history uh, podcast, and okay. um, uh, he he used that. Fr- he, he's kind of fa- fond of that phrase. Yeah, I'm going to link uh, Dan Carlin in, in show notes for this episode, so folks can check it out. And all yeah, yeah, sure. I, I I especially recommend the uh, the first World War series. Um, okay, it was really. Um, uh, quite an, an eye-opener for me because um, we don't, uh, here in, in the Netherlands, we don't really get uh, First World War history lesson. The Second World War is, is much bigger because uh, um, Holland was involved in the second one and they stayed neutral in the first. Mm. Uh, so uh, for me, I, I learned a lot um, how our societies are built in the modern world. Uh, hearing about the, the changes that happened in the, in the First World War. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess being so close to Germany, you, you know, a survival strategy of the of the Dutch were were to. Uh, well, it's it's it's, it's 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 a, a funny thing to see now as a as as um, uh, in in the twenty first century. You see kind of this. Uh, you could call it a sur- survival mechanism, um, or maybe um, being a bit opportunistic. How so? Well, um, uh, the, the Netherlands were uh, heavily involved in the first first world war, uh, just selling. I, th- I think it is was cocaine to um, uh, uh, Allied and and uh, and G- and German uh, Aust- Austrian Hungary uh, troops. This is the first or second world war. This is the first. Right. No, yeah, right. oh, no, no, no. Wait, it was uh, opium in the first world war, and then um, uh, cocaine in the, in the second world war. Right. So, so our our uh, our nation is uh, is great on um, coining uh, <laughs> dubious <laughs> things. Indeed, uh, industrious and re- resilient and resourceful in making the best out of. Uh, out of a situation, I, I just want to linger for a second more on this idea of you know the world going to hell in a handbasket. Do you uh-huh. think it's it's true? Do you think that you know it's you know it, things are better off or worse off these days? I mean, I have to reflect that you know my my grandmother, born in the 1930s, you know, grew up with this phrase and would have said the world was going to a to hell in, in a handbasket then. But um, comparatively now, I mean, arguably the quality of life is significantly improved. I, w- I would um, think so. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, with electricity running water. What was that? Sorry, I'm I'm just thinking electricity, running water. You know, uh, you know, just the the again globalization, the ability to buy foods around the world. Uh, I'm just thinking of all the benefits, but I interrupted your train of thought. No, I, I think you're uh, you're absolutely right. I, I, if I would have to pick a time to be alive, um, I, I guess that w- this would be it. Um, but yeah, I think um, people thinking that the world is gonna gonna end or is is going to uh, uh, the the shitters uh, mm-hmm. is something um, all all generations have said um i i would think there's some some big challenges uh we kind of well not 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 maybe us but 
uh, we as humanity has um, uh, um, kind of overstretched the 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 the, the planet. I, I would I would think, mm -hmm. and uh, the, the I don't know if 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 you heard, but uh, there have have been like big uh, floods here in Europe um, because of uh, excessive rainfall. Mm -hmm. and and the wild uh, fires that are happening are sort of unpre i, I want to say unprecedented but i might be speaking out of turn um but there have been you know the other day so i'm in toronto um and the city had a haze over it from smoke as a result of wildfires in you know other parts of canada and in northern ontario which is You know, it, it, it is, it, I think, a uh, a clear signal of, to your point, the the issues of sustainability on Earth these days. And yeah. you know, here we arrive at the pandemic, which um, also ties into the idea of population density. And although that could be a very controversial point, maybe we should hit on that note for the sake of controversy. Uh, sure. Yeah, <laughs> let's go there. <laughs> um, well, I think um, population density might might not be the problem. Um, it's just our wasteful way to um, um, to do our, the things we like as as human beings, and uh, um, kind of having the idea that we are the the masters of of this. Uh, planet and we can do with it whatever we like um maybe um if we uh find ways to d still have a, a nice comfortable life but but uh reduce our our impact on on our environment uh, i think that would um solve a, a lot of the problems we have now and i i think it's the um Especially the 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 fossil fuels stuff is just inertia. It's uh, um, investments that were made thirty twenty years ago, and and they have to pay off. and And that's why we see this big resistance to um, uh, um, uh, cleaning up our our, our energy production. Mm -hmm. There's this ongoing status quo bias. I think so, yeah, and, and maybe that's just how history works. Um, but it's—I I think it's—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's, it's quite clear now that that their problems are arising, and 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 we have to do something about it. Like the, mm -hmm. like you said, these wildfires, these floods, uh, these diseases—they. Um, uh, They are, are are a real threat, and and we as um, as a as a as as humanity have to kind of reassess how we want to um, maintain ourselves in in this in this world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think of my desire when I got back into Canada and I started working. Um, you know, I, I ha had a keen interest in getting to the big city. And so I've arrived and find myself in in Toronto, although I often travel out of the city to be with my uh, girlfriend who's in the greater Toronto area. 
And uh, so I have a, a nice uh, perspective of being in the urban environment as well as the suburban uh, environment, you know, during the pandemic, which has been a, a nice um, sort of reprieve. So hence another area where I'm extremely privileged. But certainly since with the capacity to work remotely and um, since the pandemic, people have fled the uh, the urban environments. And I wonder yeah. if they, yeah, you know, I wonder if, you know, and even now I'm, I'm in a condo in Toronto, but keen on, on, you know, finding work that would allow me to be closer to nature. So, which segues nicely into what I wanted to ask you about your life off grid or working towards um, a more biodiverse habitat. Tell us about that. Well, um, uh, um, Chloe and me uh, uh, started traveling uh, uh, in in 2016, and uh, we did some uh, volunteer work at uh, different um, uh, eco villages in in Asia and uh, also in the uh, the the U.S. West Coast. Um, and and there we kind of. Uh, I, I don't know if, if you noticed in your stay here, um, uh, but the, the all, all of the Netherlands is um, uh, man-made, so so to say. There's uh, there's not a um, a single stretch of land that hasn't been um, plowed over by uh, some uh, a Dutch person uh, in in the uh, during the last couple of centuries. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we came to uh, to Asia and um, uh, to uh, places like uh, um, Portland in, in in the U.S., uh, uh, Oregon is it? I'm, yes, I it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, we 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 kind of encountered for the first time in our lives we we encountered a real wilderness, right. and uh, um, I I always heard uh, be, before that I, I always kind of listen to the debates about uh, biodiversity here in 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 uh, my area as um, kind of uh, weird because it's it seems to be a very green country uh, but there's it's it's mostly grass actually and um, uh, once you um, see that uh, it, it becomes quite clear that that um, uh, which ties into the industrious nation of 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 my people. Um, they, um, yeah, they they like to um, kind of colonize <laughs> the, the 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 landscape, just as they did the uh, uh, um, uh, Indonesia in in uh, um, th- th- uh, yeah, hundreds of years ago. Mm-hmm. I I just would be remiss to not touch on, you know, one of the one of the things I one of the many things that my eyes were opened up to while studying in the Netherlands. Um, you know, my background is criminology, and specifically the the school of thought that I was taught there was what they called cultural criminology, which is understanding the conceptions of crime through you know daily life and processes. Um, pertaining to rituals and, and culture. Um, and a branch of that, which I'd never heard of before, was green criminology. And this you know, idea of high crime and state crime and environmental crimes. 
Um, something that I had never thought of and maybe listeners now are sort of having their eyes opened up to this concept. You know, we think all too often of it, of, of crime being, you know, an, an individual, um, you know, a, a person making one wrong, wrong action, but actually collectively, you know, some could say there are crimes ongoing with fossil fuels and, and, um, you know, really offensive conduct against mother nature, so to speak. Um, there is, yeah, something to be said about this idea of going green and there seems to be an appetite these days and momentum towards, um, the life that you're living now sort of off grid. So tell, carry on, uh, about your time traveling and your experience. I, I take this for granted being, you know, Canadian. I remember a Dutch, uh, roommate I had upstairs who was into bushcraft. Oh yeah. And when he learned I was Canadian, he was so delighted to, you know, to learn everything I knew about wilderness. And here I am showing my true colors, you know, perhaps shamefully, you know, wanting to be in the big city of Toronto, the metropolis of our country, which is uh, kind of backwards, but maybe now I'm getting well, aligned and wanting to get into wilderness. I'm I'm not sure if 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 that's that's backwards. Um, um, I mean, cities are are really vibrant places, um, as well. Um, I I I wouldn't say that uh, one thing is better than than the other. Um, it's it's funny you you mentioned uh, crimes against uh, nature. Um, there's um, uh, an organization here uh, called Ur- Urgenda. Uh, and they um, recently uh, won uh, a, a big case uh, against Shell, the uh, the, the Dutch um, uh, petrochemical company, uh, that they they have to uh, start um, um, they have to turn down their their CO two output. And, and the, uh, if they they don't get in line with the uh, the Paris Accords uh, in time, they will they will get quite a big fine. So there's um, 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 now uh, legal battles being fought to to make sure that these crimes against nature aren't uh, uh, don't go un, unpunished. Right. Tell us, uh, I, I didn't, I'm not sure how I could find out more about that. Maybe you'll have to spell the, uh, the, um, agency you're referring to. Uh, sure. Do you want me to send a link or? Yeah. Send a link if you can in the chat and I'll link it or just tell us a little bit more on how people can find it themselves. I'll, I'll ha- I just, uh, listened to it this morning. So I have to kind of look it up search through sure well if you can send it in uh, the chat and i'll link it in the show notes but cool. I'll, I'll do it uh after after this because this might take a while yeah that's fine um yeah interesting stuff and so you know it's amazing what the what what travel will do uh to your worldview uh, it really does you know travel is one of the things that opened my eyes to so many things and i'll look forward to I guess we could get into the topic of vaccines now, but I still want to hear about your experience uh, on the Pacific West Coast uh, and, and traveling for nine months. So you were you were living and sort of working in a volunteer capacity. What more did you learn about being in wilderness? Um, it, uh, the 
kind of the 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 way people um in the in in that area uh, uh treat each other is is quite different to uh how uh people interact with each other in in Europe I I would say um and I I, I was wondering if that maybe is because of uh, st uh still a, a lingering frontier spirit or something uh Mm -hmm. um, people tend to be more friendly towards each other, uh, uh, at least at, at first glance. And mm -hmm. um, uh, we were also we, we had some some car trouble along the way, and uh, we noticed that uh, uh, quite some uh, people stopped and asked if if we needed help or or something like that. And that is something you rarely see uh, here, at least. Um, and People just assume that you uh, called the, uh, the the roadside assistance and and that you'll be fine and just go on their their merry merry way. Uh, Isn't that that's funny? That is so curious because I would think that in Europe you you know I would think of European um, citizens as being a little bit more socialized. I, th um, I think um, uh, um, in in the the uh, like the bigger uh, on on a state level on a, on a nation state level they 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 are as uh, certainly more than than the us i i'm not sure about canada um but i think maybe that also gives us the room to just um kind of ignore uh one-on-one uh, -on -one, um people who need help because because there's this uh idea in the back of, of our minds that uh yes someone will someone will take care of them so i don't have to do that right i'm i'm trying to imagine what i even mean by this uh this word socialized um yeah what what does that even mean i mean obviously the us has its own unique history uh to the netherlands and I, uh, I maybe we could arrive there by you just shedding a bit more light. I was fascinated by this idea of the, the Dutch building uh, society, you know, from the ground up or below the ground up, you know, below the water level. To your point about every inch of the country being colonized, if you will, for lack of a better word, or being manipulated by man. Um, maybe I mean, commodified some, is a good, a good a good way to say it. Certainly, yeah. I guess so. Um, yeah. T tell, I mean, this is something that, that maybe you take for granted, like I take wilderness or have taken wilderness for granted. Uh, can you can you say anything more about uh, this idea of, of your, of your, you know, what you've learned of Dutch society from your travels? Um, we, we, <laughs> that's a good one. Um, <clears throat> I think um, uh, it is kind of in the Dutch spirit to um, um, try to m yeah make um, um, things go our way. I think that that uh, that that is the case for the the land itself. Um, there's quite some um, landmass that that has been. Uh, um, one from the sea, so the, there's uh, yeah big parts of of uh, of the country 
that are below sea level and, and are um, protected by uh, by levees. Um, mm-hmm. co- uh, and it's uh, uh, the there was a, a big um, water um, um, catastrophe uh, 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 in in the in the fifties in 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 the country. And then uh, uh, the whole of the the country uh, um, kind of made sure that that would never happen again. And they built uh, a big a system of uh, dikes and levees uh, called the, the Delta Werken, mm-hmm. um, which uh, is still protect uh, the, the the land uh, t- uh, today. And uh, that's. Um, I heard a lot of people mention that uh, as as something that was they were quite impressed by, and yeah, it's it's just so normal for for me that that you don't even see it anymore. Uh, that's 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 a real f- nice thing about um, getting another perspective on on the place where you live. Yeah. I like that you touched on the idea of the frontier uh, earlier. I hadn't thought of Oregon or the states generally like that, but I, I remember our friend uh, Stephen, you know, who's who grew up in Texas, you know, clearly uh-huh. as on the final frontier, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> and um, yeah, it does say a lot about you know, you know, th- those circumstances. I, this is a, a maybe tying into a bigger debate of nature and nurture, but certainly growing up in a part of the world, you know, instills within you a a worldview that you just don't appreciate until you get away. At least that was my experience. It, you know, in this philosophy of travel, I heard a great podcast. I'd never thought of it like this, but it's true. You don't, you know, appreciate the benefits of travel until you return home. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And then you can reflect on it. Yeah. That's that's nice. Who who said that? It was. Uh, I'll have to see if I can share with you. Maybe it was a it was a Canadian uh, podcast by CBC um, on the show called Ideas. And I think if you were to search it, I could share it with you, um, and I'll link it in the show notes as well, so you can find it that way uh, about the philosophy of travel. I'm going to check that out. It, yeah, I'm making a note and. Stay tuned. Uh, when this episode airs, you'll be able to find the reference there in case I forget to send it to you. But you're going to send me the reference about the Shell Gas Company as well. I will. So um, where to go next? Uh, you, did you see all of the P- Pacific West Coast? Were you in Canada at all? Have you ever been in, in Canada um, or just we, in the US? We went to uh, Vancouver, um, right. uh, just across the border. And... Um, uh, uh, we also found a really small um, uh, village called Laklahash. It's in uh, BC. Right. Um, it's kind of random how how we arrived there, but uh, it was uh, a fun experience. That was, uh, I think, it's a place where about maybe a hundred or two hundred people live uh, on the um, the highway uh, that goes to Alaska, and. Uh, yeah, we stayed there for I think ten days or something, just kind of exploring a, a place that that you wouldn't normally go if you visited Canada. Canada. I've never heard of it, and so you're teaching me more about my own uh, my own 
place. I mean, I've I've seen. Uh, I was embarrassed when I was asked while traveling abroad, you know, about parts of Canada that I'd never been to. I'd never been outside of, I think, Ontario or Quebec at, when I had met you. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, but I, I wouldn't feel too bad about it because the 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 scale of of your country is just so massive. It's uh, almost incontrovertible. Incom, uh, how, how do you call it? Incomprehensible. Um, exactly, that's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, how how large the, the distances are? I, I remember yeah. uh, saying to people that uh, while we were driving in Canada, uh, that I would never complain anymore about an hour's drive here in Holland because that, that's considered quite far. Um, and there, you, you, well, you go to a restaurant. More than an hour. <laughs> More, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is it is amazing. Um, my uh, girlfriend and I are, um, she's in healthcare, and so she's looking at uh, job opportunities uh, um, and, and me too, sort of wondering about, you know, going north uh even just within ontario and i mean some of the some of the communities you can only fly into uh, there's no roads wow. um you know there are you know i'm thinking of uh red lake ontario for example which is upwards of i think 19 hours driving from toronto 19 hours that's crazy yeah yeah, it's it is amazing. Um, would, would that be something you you a, a place where you would consider living? I don't know how north I want to go, but uh, I am giving some thought of of sort of uh, I'm reevaluating my my interest in being in the city and um, having a little plot. I mean, this idea of property that you're talking about in the Netherlands is also happening in, in Canada, where um, you know the value of properties is it's been just it's skyrocketed uh certainly since the pandemic it's been a very curious time and we're all interested in seeing what will happen um the sort of second economic foot to drop so to speak so for for folks who are looking to enter the housing market it's uh, not really tenable without some intergenerational wealth uh, being handed down to you, which is a whole other set of inequities that, you know, that I'm sure you can appreciate. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's, that's kind of, uh, that's one of the reasons uh, we build, uh, uh, the, the house ourselves. So we, we didn't have to, uh, cough up as, as, um, that, that, that amount of money. So tell about this, uh, habit diverse biodiverse habitat that you're trying to cultivate for yourselves. Yeah, so so um, uh, we live uh, in a in a yeah kind of an eco uh, village in in the Netherlands. It's um, um, a, a bit of an experiment. Uh, experiment. Um, mm. uh, there's uh, ten houses here who aren't connected to uh, water or sewage. Uh, we do have electricity um, and. Um, yeah, we're kind of trying to find find out how we can um, harvest rainwater and use that as our uh, as our water supply, um, and um, kind of 
cultivating the 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 surrounding area in a way that is um, beneficial to wildlife and and us also. So we we do have a small vegetable garden and and eatable plants in our garden, um, but there's also big parts we just leave to nature and and just let let it let it do its thing. Hmm. Yeah, a much more sustainable way of living, it seems. Yeah, I I I, I hope so. Um, and um, it's it's also uh, the 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 things we we mentioned earlier the uh, the the fires and the floods. Um, a more diverse uh, ecosystem is is better to at um, mitigating those those effects. Mm-hmm. I describe this uh, I, I imagine there's sort of a real sense of community uh, your your neighbors um, what is it like interacting with them uh, we have uh, um, a, a communal uh, um, a vegetable garden so so we we uh, get together um, to just um, keep that tidy um, and uh, there's uh, lots of just build projects uh, that we do together so it's it's really nice to uh, we we didn't know any of these people uh, when we came uh, to live here so it's it's nice to uh, learn uh, uh, to know people through these kinds of uh, activities we we share uh, lots of tools and stuff like that um, and uh, um, yeah it's 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 great to to learn uh, f- f- um, new stuff from 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 people there's a couple here who uh, are um, trying to live uh, zero waste so they uh, they they buy as little um, uh, packaging as as possible which is is quite uh, hard here uh, um, uh, in 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 this um, in this place where we live mm-hmm. um yeah, the, the uh, recently we we had a bit of a water problem, um, and uh, then so, someone uh, uh, already had that problem. So we we, we kind of learned from each other and uh, um, try to to pass that knowledge on through uh, to the, the the community at large. Hmm. I I imagine you're sort of. Um you have more, maybe a more intact circadian rhythm, you know, being up with the sun and going to bed or am I, am I mistaken? I mean, I'm trying to imagine this juxtaposition between being in, in the Dutch version of wilderness uh, (laughs) while still enjoying, you know, internet access. Um, Yeah. What Um, is that like? We, we do, uh, um, live a, a bit more uh, uh, with with the with the sun, um, but still, our house is quite um, modern. Um, uh, quite modern, yeah. Uh, so so uh, um, the occasional uh, Netflix binge <laughs> still <laughs> still happens, but it's uh, it's it's it, um, we. Uh, I've noticed that that I've, I've just become calmer here, uh, with mm-hmm. surrounded with, with the green, and uh, be, be being able to go outside way more than than we uh, uh, did um, in Utrecht, mm-hmm. especially during the the pandemic. We were 
we had a, um, a small house with a, a tiny balcony um, and uh, and we lived in quite a busy city so um, it, it wasn't really it, it was quite scary to uh, to to just walk uh, in in the city uh, during the first uh, months where there was very little information known about <laughs> about the virus. So just be clear on how long you've been in this biodiverse habitat. Is this only in recent months? Uh, yes, in March we uh, oh. uh, we we moved here. So it's uh, it's still the the land uh, is is um, there's a lot of weeds growing now, and we kind of let it uh, just run its course and and see um, um, what what pops up. And uh, we hope to kind of build it out to so that we have more fruit trees and stuff like that on on the land, so we can um, have shade and also eat from it. And uh, um, kind of want to uh, try to to build a, a, a garden that um, that feeds us as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's admirable. I mean, this is for me. You know, this idea of having a a garden in my small condo in the city, you know, I, I finally arrived. I, I wanted to be an urbanite so bad. And then the pandemic hits and I realized the value of being able to, uh, to go outside, um, and to, you know, be in, in wilderness and to have, um, the capacity to grow vegetables. For me, it's limited to house plants and I have a plethora of house plants. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the outside well. is coming in. At your yeah. Place. It is, but I'm uh, I'm I'm keen on uh, on getting to know more, you know, about nature and uh, and getting, yeah. So I, I think maybe when we check in again in another six years, I'll uh, maybe have taken the plunge and taken a a page out of your book. Uh, maybe I'll be somewhere that ha- offers a little bit more sense of well-being from wilderness. That would be great. I. Uh... I am. I'm, I w- I, yeah, I would be very curious to to hear from you and uh, what what you're uh, what you're up to in the north. Well, we shall see. We'll, we will. Uh, I, I think we've still got things to cover yet, so we're not done yet. But um, but we'll promise to keep in touch uh, more regularly than than before. You know, one of the things that um, that I don't miss. One of the things that has allowed me to feel more well in this, not just since the pandemic, but um, you know, with this age of information was foregoing many of my social media accounts. Um, I, is that something that you dabble with? Are you on things like Facebook and, uh, I've, or, I've or deleted, um, uh, most, um, uh, most of them. I, 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 I saw that I still have an Instagram account. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, 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 I don't use any of that anymore. Uh, and it's that, that's really, um, uh, yeah, a soothing experience, I would say. Um, I also have uh, uh, turned off all notifications on my phone, stuff like that. Um, yeah. Just trying to uh, use uh, the, the 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 power of my uh, cell phone, uh, but not um, be lived by it, so to speak. Yeah. To use it and not let it use you. Yeah, I exactly. Mean, it- there's something about you know this attention economy that happens with the free software that we use where 
these mega companies are are vibing or um is that the word vibing i think not it's uh vying vying oh yeah yeah for thank you <laughs> clarifying my english <laughs> uh, um for our attention you know it's an attention economy oh yeah and you know it's um it's important you know now i'm realizing the benefits of mindfulness and uh and being able to you know be an observer of your thoughts and that's not something that is you know doesn't lend itself when you're scrolling constantly and mindlessly um you don't even realize the thoughts that are going through your mind often which leave you with a sense of of not the opposite of being fulfilled. Uh, so I don't miss that. And, but I, I did feel the need to connect still. And so, you know, here, here's the, uh, the Rex Crim show, which is an opportunity to go in depth and connect with old friends and, and make new friends or talk with foe even. Um, I think, I think in, that's a, in a meaningful way. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. Uh, a great way to uh, connect with, with people just having more long form conversations uh i i feel like uh um we don't do that as much uh anymore no it's all snippets now it's all small yeah. 30 second or less 140 characters yes right <laughs> oh i thought i thought it was uh, it was less than that before on twitter i think but i never got into the my twitter games week um but i mean i see my my uh, my girlfriend who's on um, Snapchat or I think there's now even TikTok and all this stuff is all based on lots and lots of small snippets, but nothing substantial. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's my take anyway. People can disagree and that's the whole point of long-form conversations is you contend with perspectives that differ from your own, kind of like travel. So do you have a great... Um uh, kind of hacks to make sure that uh, your attention isn't uh, torn away. That's a great. That's a good question. I love when when my guests ask me questions because I'm usually uh, the one. Uh, well, maybe selfishly, I'm always the one asking the questions. Um, so I, um, I I do. Um, I mean, I to your point about my phone. Um, you know, I'm guilty of being connected to it. I used to go and exercise with a little iPod shuffle that wouldn't, that didn't have a screen and, but that was too much trouble to download music on. And, um, lately I've been trying to exercise without even music, but even to go for my exercise, I bring my phone, it seems, but I do manipulate all of the apps in a way that it minimizes notifications. I don't want it ringing. I don't want it buzzing. My phone is usually on silent. So I, look to it rather than it calling attention for me. Um, other I mean, you know, in, so in my work, I, I work in the criminal justice system uh, to keep it vague. I'm sort of an agent of the justice system and I deal, I'm a broker of information in a lot of ways and I'm constantly contending with, um, you know, uh, police occurrence reports and, you know, information about misdeeds and that fits nicely with my interest in criminology, but it, you know, it, it's daunting at the end of the day. And so, um, hence my interest in wellness and mindfulness. And so I try to practice, I, I don't uh, do it as consistent as consistently as I should, but 
Um, lately, I've been putting my phone away, turning off all distractions and just sitting, um, you know, trying to be an observer of my own thoughts. This sounds awful, awfully, uh, um, you know, for folks who are not familiar with the concept of mindfulness, this might seem awfully airy-fairy, but it, it really does lend itself to, to feeling well and get it, gaining clarity when you just, you know, um, consciously stop uh, and just, you know, allow whatever thoughts you need to, to catch up uh, and just appreciating them and noticing them and perhaps dismissing them after you recognize them. So that, that's one tactic or strategy that I use. Mindfulness plants is another, um, you know, bringing nature into my small concrete uh, unit, uh, you know. I, ironically, in the, in the downtown uh, location where my condo is, my cell reception isn't uh, great because of the concrete building. So that maybe is a good thing or a bad thing, depending on how you look at it. But of course, I have a steady flow of Wi-Fi. So, um, just trying to unplug from all that yeah. is helpful. Uh, although I think that comes naturally for you when you're, uh, when you're sort of having to live off of the land. Uh, well, I, I, I kind of had, had to, um, uh, it does come naturally now, but I, I, di I did have to force it a bit. Um, I, um, we, we don't have any Wi-Fi here, so, uh, 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 everything we do uh, is on uh, on a hotspot on our cell phones, hmm. and um, uh, I, I told you I, I had uh, like a limited uh, amount of gigabytes each month. Um, right, and, and and we've eaten them all up in this conversation thus far. And no, I'm well, it's it's a great investment, I would say. <laughs> sure, thank you. I'm I'm honored that you'll spend your allotment with me. Oh yeah, I'm I'm uh, having a good time. Um. Uh, so where was I? Oh yeah, um, I I I, uh, I could have gone for an unlimited plan, um, but uh, I, I um, intentionally chose to um, to dial it down a bit, and uh, so I only use uh, internet when I, when I really feel like it adds value to to my life, I guess. Yeah, so it's finite as opposed to unlimited. Yeah, yeah, and that that is. Um, uh, a big uh, a mental thing for me. It's mm -hmm. it's just uh, you have to be way more conscious about when you pick up your phone and start browsing. Yeah, yeah. I think you know. Again, um, back to my time in the Netherlands. You know, I remember the size, the portion of of uh, of uh, you know, a beertje, for example, a small beer. You know, isn't the size of an English pint, you know, and um, and you know the the daily life um, commuting to work in even in the city of Utrecht was always on a bicycle or on your feet. Um, you know, you know, describe your experience of supersized portions in the U.S. <laughs> um, well, we we. We always try to uh, uh, find um, healthy food, which was uh, quite a challenge in, in the U.S., I have, I have to say. Uh, but especially when we were driving on the highways, the, the, the size of the cars really um, surprised us. Uh, uh, when we, uh, we arrived in uh, Los Angeles, 
mm-hmm. with uh, two uh, friends from uh, Utrecht. They they joined us there, and uh, we had a rental car, which uh, is just um, like a, a four person sedan, yeah. uh, which is um, a medium car in in here in Europe. But uh, the um, the person at the counter was amazed that that we had such a small car for the four of us. <laughs> right, right. And uh, and and when we saw like the kind of like the the, the battleships sailing past us uh, uh, on the, on the highway, uh, we 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 kind of um, uh, we, we uh, knew where why the 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 the, the car person was so. Uh, um, Amazed, surprised, yeah, yeah. surprised, yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, yeah. My girlfriend and I often joke about uh, the dually. You might have observed this in a in a pickup truck where it doesn't have t- you know just two regular back wheels, but it has four. Oh yeah, yeah, back wheels. <laughs> the they, they must carry some heavy loads. I, I guess so, or yeah, or are compensating uh, for something. <laughs> right? Maybe I I don't know. Um, it, it's so curious. Even we find when we were in the states i haven't been there since the pandemic uh and now the the borders uh haven't still open to allow canadians in um although the the opposite is true Uh, i think canadian borders have now opened to allow uh, u.s residents to visit under certain conditions but you know we remark on uh on the the habits of of food, uh, especially you know just the portion size, and um, you know that's an interesting thing of travel. I mean, even in Canada, we have large sizes, but when you go to the U.S., you it's it's next level. And of sure course, is, the people yeah. the, the people and clothes <laughs> are bigger. Being a, a big uh, fellow myself, I always liked the variety of buying clothes in the U.S. because you could always get far bigger sizes. Yeah, the the um, why why is that? You think why is everything bigger in the U.S.? Well, I think it, you touched on it. This idea of uh, what did you say earlier? Um, the the frontier thing? No, it was about uh, you were talking about uh, not consume, not consumerism, commodifying. Exactly. I think it has to do with this sort of um, this idea of capitalism and just more is better. Yeah, um, which is maybe changing now. I mean, the, our, the theme of our discussion seems to be around sustainability, and uh, maybe that's a new way forward. But of the industrial era, um, you know, capitalism certainly has reigned, and uh, I think that it's a it's a byproduct of of capitalism and consumerism. Yeah, that makes the most in sense its, in its purest form in in the United States. Yeah, literally and figuratively. Yeah. Yeah, there's a great uh, my uh, I wouldn't usually sit down and watch Disney movies, but I I've I've become quite keen on some of the Pixar movies that my girlfriend has shown me, and there's one that's coming to mind, although I can't think of the title of it. Oh shit! Oh, I think it was Wall-E. Oh yeah, uh, about yeah. the robot back to you know tying in nicely with robot uh, <laughs> with the ro- robot yeah. kings. <laughs> But this, it's, got, uh, it's all coming together. It's all coming together in in, in uh, post. We'll we'll definitely tie it together somehow. But uh, if you've seen that movie or folks listening that are familiar, it uh, it very eloquently and succinctly you know shows this sort of dystopian future that 
seems to arrive from consumerism and capitalism. It was very well done. Pixar seems to know how to do it. Yeah, yeah, I really liked the the, the movie. Oh, you've seen it too. Good. I, I have. It's 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 been quite a while. Yeah, a um, couple of years, but um, yeah, I remember really uh, the, the, like liking the way how how they um, they explored that uh, um, kind of consumerism gone wild. They sort of poked fun at it, and it does yeah. leave you, you know, wanting uh, wanting to think uh, a little bit more critically of your daily habits. Tell um, tell now, or without much of a segue at all, I, I'm I also have a note here um, to want to ask about your experience with Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> yeah, tell uh, tell us a little bit more about your. I think that's role playing, or your. You've got some ongoing creative projects uh, about this. What is Dungeons and Dragons? Um, it's um, a role-playing game, um, and uh, it usually revolves around um, a group of people um, uh, and a game uh, master who um, sit together and, and create this um, fantastical world. Um, and uh, it kind of... Uh, spoke to me because of um, how how you can structure a story using it. So um, uh, when we were making music, uh, the, a big thing for me always was trying to uh, tell a story in, 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 in songs. And um, um, I kind of hit, yeah, I hit, a, hit a wall with that, um, getting uh, just making stuff that that resonates with uh with um uh people or or more like something meaningful uh, uh resonating with people and I, and i found that uh um putting it in the form of a game uh is is a really um fun and uh a creative way to uh to explore s- uh, certain subjects yeah i i I'm thinking of this notion of gamification, which is something that I've learned a very little bit about um, in my, you know, in, in reading about technology and social media and the way that, you know, people are rewarded um, with, well, I, I mean, this is branching further from, from, from Dungeons and Dragons specifically, but just, uh, you know, when people are having fun and it sort of seems like a game, uh, their adherence to the to the rules, uh, you know, it, it's not about compliance as much as it's about adherence. So you have to make it fun. And so, are you writing music? Uh, help me understand what what uh, what it is that you're. There's also another project that you're working on about story story books, or how does that tie in with D and D? Um, so I'm I'm working uh, on a, on. A, um, um... A story arc that um, is kind of um, um, it looks at how um, okay uh, let me structure this a bit um, so uh, 
uh, what we were talking earlier uh, um, uh, about the the way that we view ourselves as as um, masters of 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 the earth, mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm kind of um, exploring um, um, how that idea came to be. And uh, if there are maybe other ways to position ourselves in, in this uh, ecosystem. And um, uh, I, I stumbled upon uh, an interesting concept when I was um, reading a bit about the, the, the Japanese um, cartoon, uh, Spirited Away. I, I'm, I don't know if you've heard of it. No, I'm not familiar with that. It's... Um, um, a uh, coming of age story uh, of a, a little girl uh, who um, on accident uh, stumbles into uh, a world that is um, inhabited by all kinds of spirits and uh, mm. the the uh, kind of the iconography of, uh, of that is is borrowed from uh, the Shinto belief right um, uh, which uh, in my um, a limited understanding of it uh, <laughs> kind of uh, says that uh, everything has a certain spirit inside of it. So if it's uh, a river or a rock or uh, even an, an idea, I think, a concept. They all have energy. Exactly. And, um, uh, and they kind of uh, grow stronger uh, uh, when 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 it has worshippers so the, the the spirit of a river uh, will uh, be uh, healthier if if uh, lots of people um yeah pay heed to it and right. uh, and and that's um I, I think that's a very interesting way to look at uh, the the world around us i think I, i'm not sure about you but um, I was raised as a as a Christian, and um, um, I think the belief that we are like there's uh, there's God, and then there's people, and then th you have the rest of the animal kingdom and uh, and plants and stuff like that, um, and that view is so embedded in into our, our culture that we um, have trouble not seeing it that way and and i think it's you know there's a centro there's a it's a egocentric or um yeah it's a myopic way of looking at at, at our experience on earth i agree yeah and and um uh, like you were saying uh you have to um you have to kind of travel before you see those uh, blind spots in your uh, in your belief uh, I think that that works the same way for um, uh, stuff like this, and that yeah. Um, yeah, art can kind of open up that uh, window into uh, 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 different view, uh, viewpoints. Yeah, I uh, back to our you know um, sort of joking or to toying with the idea of uh, LSD. Um, you know, I do, I am keenly interested in some of the research that's going on and in my own experience, I mean, uh, uh, in, in, in Amsterdam, I remember, you know, messing, trying truffles on one or two occasions, but this idea of psychedelics, uh, also 
um, lends itself to seeing a perspective um, beyond, you know, where you, for me at least, it, it has in the past uh, caused a great awareness of my place in nature, you know, being a part of nature as opposed to a, a cultivator of it. Yeah. And yeah. I think there's a, something to be said about, um, yeah, there was a really interesting show I heard lately about uh, uh, psychedelics and perhaps their relationship with how religion has come to be, you know, the, the idea of the sacrament uh, or drinking wine, for example, um, back in the day might have been, might have involved some psychedelics, <laughs> which <laughs> make, makes sense to, to, uh, to help us better understand where these, some strange ideas, you know, arrive from. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, I, I wanted to, um, just shed on this, share, shed light on this other idea. When you say about ideas and Shintoism, I'm, I'm moving away from your, uh, well, maybe I should let you finish what you were saying about D and D and then I'll, and then I'll follow up. Um, well, for, for me, uh, it's, it's, um, it's a really fun way to, um, Kind of, uh, I I do this with a with a group of friends of uh, of mine, and um, uh, we we come together every uh, week. So you you have to um, cook up a story every week, and that's that's a really nice. Um, uh, do you call it a stick behind the door, uh, or a foot in the door? Uh, right. Yes. Uh, so th- that you uh, have to keep working on it, um, and I, I I noticed that with with songwriting, um, I was kind of um, not doing it anymore because there there wasn't anything kind of forcing me to do it. So, so are your stories being made in 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 musical form then? When you when it's your turn to share a story that week, are you doing it in song form? Um, I'm, 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 I'm working on that, but it's, right. uh, I, I had that I- idea, but, uh, it's, uh, quite more difficult than I, than I originally <laughs> thought it to be. So <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm kind of, um, I noticed that I'm, um, my, my musical knowledge is still, uh, too limited to, to get to that point. So I'm kind of taking uh, um, courses in uh, just music notation and how how to structure melodies and stuff like that. So it's um, work, yeah, work in progress. Working on it, yeah, yeah. I uh, I like uh, what you'd said about Shintoism, um, and I just thought it was worth mentioning. And I think I've said this in other episodes on the Rex Krim show, but I I heard this idea and I love it. This concept of ideas in themselves, uh, ideas being an energy, if the, if you will. And um, I, if I'm honest, I think it. I heard it on the Joe Rogan podcast, which is some might say is too mainstream or too right wing. I I don't know, but uh, I did like the idea anyway about how. Ideas, perhaps, are not conceived by humans. Uh, perhaps it's not the person that comes up with the idea, but perhaps ideas are, you know, entities in themselves that float through the universe. And um, ideas work by finding hosts, you know, humans that are open to them. 
Mm, that's uh, and that's so interesting. I, yeah, I thought it was so fascinating. Rather than thinking of great people who come up with ideas, perhaps it's fantastic ideas that find people. Yeah. I, I remember um, uh, uh, the singer-songwriter Bob Dylan uh, yeah. talking about um, writing um, uh, like a Rolling Stone. Yes, and uh, he, he uh, well, he says we don't know if that's true, of course, but that he that it came to him in uh, in fifteen minutes or something, and that he just uh, kind of it, it, his body was just the the conduit for the, for the song. Yeah, I've heard that before in other artists, and uh, yeah, if it's true that ideas are just floating and waiting to be uh, to to find the right person or network of people to become, you know, manifested into some form of reality, then uh, what does that, what does that mean? How does that mean I should conduct myself? You know, certainly travel is a way of trying to, to find more ideas like a dream catcher. You know, you're trying to absorb um, as many opportunities as you can to, to find these great ideas that are out there in the ether. Yeah. I thought that was, you know, that was a uh, a moment of realization for me, and I, I I like to subscribe to that belief, and I think it lends itself also nicely to this podcasting world where I'm connecting with people that I maybe don't necessarily agree with to just contend with the ideas that they might have that's that are different from my own. Yeah, kind of uh, tuning your antenna to uh, what's out there. So long as I can't travel, um, you know, that's one way. That's, this is another way of uh, being able to cross borders, uh, you know, doing this podcasting thing. So, yeah. So um, I'm uh, curious. Um, uh, I'm, I'm kind of uh, struggling with this myself. The um, uh, I'm sure the discussion um, uh, uh, also uh, has come up in, in, in your country about uh, flying. Uh, mm-hmm. And the, the 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 pressures on on the environment uh, because of that, um, yeah. and I feel quite conflicted about. Uh, I do want to like visit uh, uh, faraway places because I, I think it's a very uh, enriching experience. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, am I, am I willing to uh, to pay that price? I, I, I'm curious how you feel about that. Yeah, I, and you've segued so nicely into how I wanted to kind of uh, end up in this conversation is, you know, where do we see our futures? Um, I wanted to ask about the vaccine as well, so we can tie that in also because traveling going forward, certainly international travel is going to be met with just a high degree of scrutiny and, um, yeah, surveillance around health. Um, you know, viral surveillance and that sort of thing. I'm sure you'll agree, and you're probably already seeing it in in Europe. Yes, for sure. Yeah. So I think there's going to be a huge um, disincentive. I mean, there's going to be many people who aren't even allowed to travel. Um, there's there's folks who are hesitant to obtain the vaccine, and therefore won't be allowed. I think to enter uh, many places in the world. Um, and you know, in addition to that, the economic 
cost of traveling on an airplane now has seems to have gone up a great deal. Um, you know, the, the, I'm more apt to take an airplane than one of these luxury cruise ships. I've been on a, a few cruises in my time and they're just, you know, like an American mall floating <laughs> in, uh, in the ocean and just the epitome of, uh, consumerism and, will surely facilitate a good time of, of, uh, gluttony, but, yeah. um, I, th- I think the, the spaceship in, uh, in Wally was kind of modeled as a cruise ship, wasn't it? You're right. It, it's just like that. And, uh, you know, I've traveled that way. Um, uh, but I, I'm, I'm, I'd be loath to spend my travel dollars, uh, you know, or, or, uh, or euros in your case. Um, you know, in, in that form, going forward. I also think that that industry might, you know, very well crumble now uh, since the pandemic. I, I don't know if cruising is going to be a way going forward. Um, but to your point about air travel, you know, there, ha- there has to be a, a cost benefit analysis. I mean, if, if I was invited to Australia to give a talk, you know, because I was some, some person who like, like Bob Dylan had, been able to channel fantastic ideas um, through my art or or work, um, you know. Obviously, going there to maximize the benefit of, of of some good for for a many amount of people, um, because I had to be there uh, in person, for example. Um, you know that would sort of offset the economic cost of an airplane having to expend all this fuel. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you know now things are able to be done so virtually. So you know, is it necessary that I'm there in person? Um, and that's a that's a thought that fills me with some. I mean, I guess I should come from a place of gratitude to think of the experiences that that I have had traveling, and you know how lucky I am to have lived in other countries because. Many of the people I talk to now have an itch to to travel, um, but uh, but I haven't. You know, my last trip was uh, in. I arrived back in Canada in uh, March of 2020, just as the pandemic was unfolding and borders were closing. Um, and I had been on a last minute, all inclusive vacation to Dominican Republic with my girlfriend and some some family friends and, uh, and we had a great time and we look back with such fondness. Um, but to think of, you know, the, uh, the sort of waste that, that is, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think that is, um, a good example of what I'm describing earlier and having sustainable travel for a good purpose. I mean, me going so I can have all the food and drink that I can imagine, Uh, is is obviously not a, a common good, although some could make the argument that I'm helping the economy of that state. Yeah, but that's a that's a whole other dilemma. What, what's your? I mean, where, where do you stand on this? Where do you hope to travel, and and how do you see um, vaccination? Uh, you know, so, so this is a polarizing subject. People are either for or against. Yeah, and I think that ties in with the social media discussion. Where do you stand in all this? I um, 
I, I, I uh, have my first vaccination and next week I'm, I'm getting my second shot. So um, I'm not as uh, pessimistic as some people um, because I think um, there... I have I have had tons of vaccinations as a, as a kid, and um, I I, w- I wouldn't see why I would not get this one if it if it helps um, uh, people. Like for, for me, the the whole lockdown and stuff like that was not such a bad experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it gave me a lot of time to to build uh, the house uh, we're currently living in. And um, uh, also, I, I am able to do most of my work remotely. Uh, so just, I ca- just shed light on what it is that that you do remotely, if you can. Uh, how do you make your livelihood? Um, I'm a, a website developer, right? So I have uh, a, just a, a couple of clients, friends, family, and and like uh, it's. Um, uh, um, um, a customer base that kind of grew um, um, f- from from hearsay, right. and uh, and I'm, I'm with with the the low rent we we now pay uh, uh, in this house, I'm, huh. I'm able to sustain myself quite quite easily. Are you paying rent, or are you? Is this something that you own? The, um, the property. The, the, the house itself is. Uh, uh, we just uh, paid it out of our uh, own pockets. Um, right. When we came back from our travels, uh, we started saving up, and hmm. um, and I think we saved for about three years, and then started uh, building this thing. So hmm. that's um, just yeah all done and paid for uh yeah. but the the land uh, where it stands on is um from the uh, municipality they they kind of have this uh, pilot project and uh, yeah. we we pay uh, rent to them to to be uh, to be allowed to 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 stay on this uh, on this plot of land right i see so the land is what you're leasing yes yeah Anything to plug? Uh, are you looking for clients? I, uh, I I should just ask. Um, you know, if you have a website or anything that you want to share that we should include in the show notes, feel welcome to pass that along. Or maybe your hands are already, um, maybe your 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 hands are full with clients. I don't know, but yeah, um, well, they they are actually. Um, um, my my time is um, uh, feels uh, uh, very limited at the moment um, yeah. with the. Uh, uh, the, the the house isn't still uh, uh, not finished, so uh, there's uh, some some details uh, I have to finish up, and then there's work. And um, um, getting back to your question about where would I like to travel, I'm I'm yeah. hoping to go uh, to the US uh, next year again um, right. um, to go to uh, Yosemite, the the national park. Right. Um, there's, uh, uh, I, I don't know if you know this about me, but I, I've, uh, climbed for, for quite a while. I think since, since I was 12. So that's almost 25 years now. And, uh, I, I didn't know, I didn't know that. <laughs> well, you learned something new about me. <laughs> yes. I, and I'm just looking up, uh, Yosemite is a, uh, 
is there's a number of mountains or is it something it's, that, it's, where you um, intend to climb? It's a, a, a valley uh, of um, where uh, the Merced River uh, has um, uh, cut out uh, uh, huge uh, granite uh, uh, slabs. Um, the the biggest uh, one of them is uh, eight hundred meters. So that's uh, what is that twenty one hundred feet, something right. like that. I'm just looking. Um, yeah, twenty six hundred feet. Um, and and I'm hoping to to go there uh, next year to to climb that. Where, which state does this fall in? That's California. Right. I'm thinking this could be a nice uh, opportunity to perhaps rendezvous if you're in... Uh, oh, yeah. That oh, would be amazing. My, yeah. Well, well, we'll be sure to keep in touch. So that's the, the, the main uh, travel plans that you have. And now, do you see that as justified, um, being able to scale, you know, this uh, this, you know natural phenomenon yeah um, that's that's a, g- a good question <laughs> yeah. um uh, f- f- yeah uh, for me i i i i think so um but you know everybody has as their own uh, um uh justification for for traveling of course i for me it feels like uh it's um it feels almost like uh, some sort of pilgrimage to to uh, uh, something I've um, I've I've been involved with for, for all my life, and and the kind of the 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 ultimate expression of that lies there. So mm-hmm. so yeah, that's it's 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 selfish, but but I'm I'm uh, I kind of want to make that that trip come true yeah it's selfish maybe but also in the direction of self-actualizing and becoming a more complex human being it's not like you're wanting to go for the sake of gluttony and enjoying all you can eat and drink <laughs> yeah yeah that's true well i i, I feel like we've arrived um at some, you know, a sense of under, common understanding, and we've this has been a great opportunity to catch up. And um, I, I wonder. Uh, I before the pandemic, I was scheduled to be in Rotterdam uh, in June of 2020, but that was canceled really. for a, con- a conference. And so it would have been a great opportunity to uh, to reconnect. I, I'd love to see this biodiverse habitat that you're cultivating yeah let, let me know when you're uh, in in the neighborhood then uh, uh you're more than welcome certainly anywhere in the netherlands isn't too far from another place in that's the netherlands. that's it's... that's totally doable especially for you i would i would i would think yeah and likewise um i'll, I'll look forward to when uh when you're over in my neck of the woods so to speak but you know, yet I find uh, still, you know, it's funny how we you get a calling. You know, when I was around, uh, what was I like, eighteen or something, or maybe twenty, I I decided uh, I had this calling to travel. Uh, I was sort of a late bloomer, and maybe not so mature in in certain ways, and just had this need to fly the coop, so yeah. to speak, 
and uh, had this calling to Spain. And while I was in Spain, uh, had this calling to the Netherlands to where I went to grad school. And, and now I've been back in Canada for so many years. And now I have this sort of calling to get in touch with my own roots and maybe go up North, um, which it sounds like you've already been doing in your part of the world. And so it'll be nice to, uh, to reconvene and uh, reconnect maybe in another, in another place where neither of us have been before. Yeah, I would love to. That sounds great. In the meantime, we'll have to brainstorm some collaborative music project from a distance. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah, thinking I'm of, uh, are you familiar with the band Postal Service? Um, I know a couple of songs of them, but but not, um, not no, I, I don't know them really well. The uh, it, it began, the, the Postal Service was Ben Gibbard, I believe, who was oh, yeah. uh, more recently uh, involved in Death Cab for Cutie. Yeah. But that project, the Postal Service, started with with two guys sharing tapes uh, that they would record themselves via the U.S. Postal Service. They would send it from one state to another or <laughs> from one location to another. And that's how that music project started. So here you and I are exploring a digital version of that. Yeah, let's do it. I'm not, I'm not right sure if the, if the postal uh, service will work, though. But uh, no, it'll, maybe it'll we have to do it digitally. <laughs> definitely, it'll be online. Well, that's something to uh, for folks who have listened in this far, thus far, uh, to stay tuned for in future. Um, I, I want to give you the last word, uh, Guy. It's been such a, a pleasure hearing from you again and uh, hearing about your life. Um, we'll have to be sure to connect with each other more frequently than every six years. Yeah, let's do that. Um... Yeah, thank you for having me on on the show. I I was uh, I listened to a couple of your uh, old episodes and uh, I was um, kind of um, uh, uh, amazed how uh, the 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 um, the quality of your uh, your guests. So I I felt like a, a, like a bit of a lightweight. <laughs> Hardly, no. I, I this has been. Uh... Um, philosophical and fun at the same time so it's been a real pleasure thanks so much for coming on thank you they want to be loved by robots